Greetings, my friends. You are listening to episode six of Hot Blooded. I'm your host, Kat Jones, and this is my podcast where I talk to musicians about love, rock and roll, and whatever else comes up along the way. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's sweet, sometimes it's deep and analytical, and sometimes it's completely bananas. But just like rock and roll, love can and should be all of those things. So we have lots to talk about. Anyway, this week is a very special week because it's the first ever episode with two guests. Those two guests are Matt Pike and Alyssa Mosseri Pike, who, in addition to being wildly talented musicians and artists, are also one of the most rock and roll married couples in the world. If you love metal of any kind, then chances are you know who the hell Matt Pike is. But if you're unfamiliar, uh, gosh, where to even begin? He is the guitarist of the legendary doom metal band Sleep that formed in the Bay Area in the early 90s and laid the groundwork for pretty much an entire genre of slow, extremely heavy bands that followed. Um, Matt is also the front man of the band High on Fire, which is still a doom band, but also pretty thrashy. High on Fire is also now a Grammy award-winning band, which is crazy. Their song Electric Messiah won Best Metal Performance at the 2019 Grammy Awards, leading the entire metal community to feel like maybe there is some justice in the world after all, even if they didn't include it in the televised part of the show. And Grammy Award people, if you're listening, Jesus Christ, include us in your show, and I promise we will make it interesting again. Anyway... Matt is a beloved figure in the world of heavy metal, not only for his incredible riffing abilities, but also his wacky, hilarious, charismatic personality and his propensity for things like never wearing a shirt on stage and talking about conspiracy theories that fuel his songwriting and chuckling like a pirate about the world's weirdness. Music journalists end up scratching their heads a little during interviews with him, but also throwing up their hands because, God love him, he's Matt Pike. The first time I ever interviewed him was over the phone in 2013 when I was like 25, and I will never forget him randomly interrupting me in the middle of a question to announce that he was peeing. He was like, I'm peeing right now. As I've mentioned in this podcast before, I grew up in California, totally obsessed with bands like Sleep and Caius, so that was one of the more hilarious moments of my career. Anyway, Alyssa Mosseri Pike is an incredibly talented tattoo artist, as well as a multi-instrumentalist in tons of projects. She recently joined one of my favorite bands, the Portland progressive sludge metal band Lord Dying on bass, and was previously the songwriter of bands like Glory in the Shadows and Grig Axe. She's also been releasing solo songs on her YouTube channel, some of which Matt plays on, and is generally an all-around artistic badass. I first met Alyssa back in 2015 at Psycho California, back before they moved the festival to Las Vegas. It was right before Sleep had gotten back together, and they started playing pretty much every major heavy music festival in existence for a while, which was awesome because lots of fans have waited a long time to be able to see them. And it was this crazy weekend where everyone, musicians and fans, stayed in the same Orange County hotel and partied together all night by this weird man-made lake. Somehow, Alyssa and I ended up closing down an In-N-Out burger with a few friends, and I thought she was rad as hell, but I didn't see her for a long time after that because I lived in Portland and she lived all the way across the country in Philadelphia. 
Anyway, fast forward a few years, and someone in Portland told me that not only were Matt and Alyssa a couple, but also they were moving to a house in town. I remember thinking, God, I never placed those two together, but what a perfect couple. Soon after that, I started seeing them around at shows and bars, and they always seemed so happy, not only with each other, but also in their new Pacific Northwest rock and roll lifestyle. Between both of them going on tour, creating art, and balancing their very different personality styles, and the fact that Matt had part of his toe amputated last year and Alyssa took care of him through that whole thing, which they'll get to in this interview, this is a couple with more hilarious rock and roll tales and wisdom from their experiences than most people in the world. So obviously I wanted to hear all about it. Hey, oh, I can see you this time, too. I don't have to touch anything. I'm a technophobe. I suck at computers so bad. If I touch one, it either falls to pieces or I hack the CIA and cops come get me <laughs> on accident, you know. I can't see you guys, though. I think you have to turn on your camera. Okay. You see me? I can see you now. Yay. Okay. No, I don't have to ask, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please describe for me, for all the listeners, what you're wearing right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's actually wearing Edible. a shirt for yeah. once. Oh, God. What a travesty. <laughs> Edible nipple propellers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, how are you guys? What's been keeping you busy during this insane, ridiculous time? The metal commander. Oh, my God. <laughs> you do this. I'll do that. Well, the metal commander. Yeah, he's been so trying I'm to. I'm just sculpting facial hair. He's sculpting his facial hair. That's <laughs> taking up a lot of time. It's time consuming. Kills the time. Since uh, since people can't see your face right now, can you describe your facial hair to them? Well, basically, it's like a beard, but I just shave the middle of my chin. <laughs> and, dude, it, it's like mutton chops into a handlebar mustache. It's so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I go out in public and people stare at me like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I look like a sea admiral from fucking 1880 or something. You know, it's just fucking weird. I like it. I think there's never been a better time to. Uh... To fuck with fa- Everybody I've seen online looks like total shit. <laughs> like no one's grooming themselves. People in their pajamas that normally would be wearing suits, you know, or whatever. It's fucking hilarious. I've been wearing nothing but like camo sweatpants, basically. Uh, like I'll wear camo sweatpants and like a big shirt. And I'm realizing that like people will stop over and be like, hey, how are you doing? And... I'll just walk out of the house not realizing that I like usually I'm more like, yeah, like hot goth lady. And (laughs) dude, I look like I look like I'm gaming, which is exactly what I was doing pretty much all the time now. Which Gaming with gloves on or I just wander around the grocery store with like a bottle of Purell and stare at people because I'm not wearing a mask or gloves (laughs) and I just pour it all over everything. Like, yeah. Like there's a box of cereal and I just get a handful and put it all over the box of cereal, <laughs> make it all wet. And I'm all, it's clean. 
Dude, the 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 one I do is I have my tattoo gloves, which are these like black nitriles. And so I'll get dressed up to go to the grocery store at this point because it's like the only time anybody's going to see me totally. really. So I'll put on my eyeliner and my lipstick and I'll put jeans on and like cool shoes on. And then I'll put my black tattoo gloves on like once we get in the store and I'm like, dude, my gloves, they match my outfit. It looks yeah. great. And like, then I'll wear start the- wanting to seduce her and take her home. <laughs> yeah. It's like going on a date. Those gloves are amazing. It's like going- do things to me with those. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> You're into the latex gloves. I'm just trying to embarrass my wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> yeah. She's like, don't embarrass me. I'm totally going to embarrass you. I'm all red in the face right now. I read your status the other day about how um, being a tattoo artist has like taught you about contamination, like cross contamination and stuff like that. And how like so many people are being so stupid with their gloves right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're being really stupid with their gloves. The thing is, like, I've seen people driving with them and then they get out and then they push a cart. And I'm like, whoa, that's not what you're supposed to do. Like, if you're in your own car and you're your own contaminant, basically, like as much as you've been around other people, you're the only like contamination, really. And so once you start touching your wheel i mean yeah i guess like if you pureled your wheel but who's i do that you do that but like i i I don't know it's like there's human drop a maticide bomb on society yeah but you can't do that (laughs) because maticide is one of the most it it literally kills everything i got a shot of that like last week oh my god stop I keep seeing these articles, which you never know if those are real anymore, but the articles that are like, uh, doctors all agree that drinking is good for you during a outbreak. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) like, I guess in a psychological sense that makes sense but, but like according to the real the real rules of how alcohol I'm works t- tiki water so. yeah tiki water tiki water doesn't do anything but no. um, but you know i did hear if you stick a hair dryer up your nose and you like cover the end of it for like five minutes it will kill viruses or you have a sauna because viruses can't live in 130 degrees or above so and what it does is it Gets into your sinus cavity. But you can't go to a sauna right now. That's why you use the hairdryer. And I shove it up my nose. brutal. Yeah, but I haven't got the coronavirus yet. It's true. It's working. (laughs) Well, for me. We've been social distancing pretty much since, like, I I got off. Stop stop talking over me. I love you. (laughs) God. (laughs) He's the topper. That's what we call him, is the topper. Um, But I've I've been. you know, I had to quit the the Lord Dying obituary and Black Label Society tour on March 13th because they were like no groups over 250. And then the next day it was like no groups over 100. And then like as I'm getting on the plane, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's definitely 100 people on this airplane. Yeah. Like, but I got to get home. There's no way. There's no way I'm not going home. So, but by the time I was home and I like kind of relaxed enough to realize, like, oh shit, we really are not going to be doing anything for a while if that's the way that it, this is going. Yeah. And so, uh, I, the, the whole tattoo thing, there's two parts to this that make it really like 
social distancing for one, because when you're a tattooer, it's either you're working all the time or you're like drawing all the time after work. Like, or you can be like the, the tattooer that parties, like it's, it, there's like a triangle where it's like, you have tattooing, you have your life and then you have like social life. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, like life is in like your family and stuff. And like, you have to choose from one of the two of them. So the social distancing thing ended up being really easy <laughs> for me and a lot harder for him because he wants to hang out with everybody, go everywhere. And it sucks. It's like, you have to try to well, stay as busy as you can. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the coronavirus task force seems to like hang out really close to each other all the time on TV. <laughs> it's really weird. Well, they're hanging around each other all the time. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm a sure family at this point. Yeah. yeah. They're like family now. So they're mm-hmm. whatever they're I don't even want to talk about them <laughs> I, I don't either I'm not concerned <laughs> so would you say that Alyssa you're more of like the introverted one and Matt you're more of like the extroverted one? Oh, holy yeah yeah, yeah big time yeah I'm a social butterfly <laughs> I mean that's how everybody knows who Matt is anyway in the first place I feel like I think that's kind of like I mean, I, I, I'm an extrovert to an extent, like I'll hang out and I'll get to know people and I'll be outspoken, but I'm still the heart, one of the harder people to get out of the house, unless it's like really awesome, something worth yeah. my time. Cause I'd rather just be inside drawing or, you know, plotting my next scheme or I something. I have to get out of the house, but once in a while I have days where I totally introvert, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to, I have to get all my thoughts straight and then. But if I stay cooped up too long, I go crazy. I'd start pissing her off because I start knocking shit over and ADHDing out and, you know, <laughs> like putting cereal bowls in the cupboard and, you know. Like full of cereal, not just like yeah. cereal bowl. I, I mean, like it that. actually has cereal with the milk and the spoon in it and it's in the cupboard like that. That'll ha- <laughs> that'll start to happen. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I'm just just going to leave this here for a second and then I'll come back and get it. And then you just forget about it. Yeah, it's just frustrating because I I like will think of 12 things at once. And if I don't have enough coffee or some sort of stimulant, you know, that slow me down, I go to I think too much. I think too fast. And I never get any like I'll fold a shirt and try to put it in a suitcase and it just moves around the room. (laughs) And like, yeah. It's frustrating, yeah. but a lot of people have it, you know, it's just, I don't think that we've evolved to the level of technology we have nowadays and totally. certain people like myself just can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. If I don't make myself a list and keep it right in front of me that I can physically cross off with a pen that I will yeah. not remember anything that I ever have to do. It's like a daily same struggle. Thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm like, make a list. You're like, what do I have to do today? And I'm like, where's your list? Like, wait, is it, did, did you do it? It doesn't say you did it. No, then do it. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like Merrick, it, it helps. She keeps me, she keeps me going like, well, I'm like happily married. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Most me, dudes me regret it or whatever. I think it's awesome. Do you really think like, that most dudes regret it? I don't think I don't most know. dudes do. Not I think really. they get married for a reason. Typically, there's a reason. Because <laughs> they're helpless without their wife, like like myself. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's a reason. Yeah, that's a reason. <laughs> so tell me how you guys met. Oh, man. Well, I, I met her before, like, we officially met, and I started 
you know, kind of hitting on her and, and being creepy and like stalking her. But, um, yeah, she, I saw her a couple of times and, and on the road and I, I was sober as a post cause I'm on the road or I smoke a little weed. And, uh, she was at my backstage, like pretty wasted. I had met her a couple different times, like where she'd been drinking and kind of high. And I was like, who's that girl? She's cute, you know? And then she showed up later on a sleep tour with uh, my friend Damon, who was our tour manager at the time. And he hired her kind of just to run and get coffee and do stuff with us, you know? And I was tattooing Damon actually pretty yeah, much like, he's like, yeah, come to this show. And like, we'll hang out afterwards and, tat- and you could tattoo me. And that's, Kind of how it started happening. I gave her a suitcase. Yeah. And then I watched Trailer Park Boys with her up in the stands in this like. That was like a year later too. Yeah. Like there's this whole gap of time. Like there's a couple gaps of. There's a couple years of the pursuit, I guess. (laughs) That's why it's hard to. What's up with that chick? (laughs) Is that like your, 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 your girl or something? And he's all, no, man, she's just my friend. I'm all good. I want to fuck her. <laughs> I'm going to fuck her. And then, then I pulled the laundry scam. And yeah. I was like, my laundry's all wet, man. You got a dryer at your house. And I mean, that was more more to it than that. She was willing. She like. I, I, I know what doing your laundry entails. I've been on a tour before. Doing my laundry entails doing I, you. Oh, my God. Dude, this is like every day. It's just this cornball. Exchange. Like I'll be serious and pragmatic and he'll just say something completely outrageous and I'm like, oh my God. It's a good balance. (laughs) Good yin yang. Yeah. No, it's great. It kind of it grounds me from being too analytical and serious, I guess. So I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, one day she woke up and she started getting all like super serious with me and analytical. And so I forgot what she was talking about and I hadn't even had coffee yet or a cigarette and my eyes were still closed. And I'm just all, I stared her straight in the face and I'm all poop your pants. <laughs> <laughs> she just started dying laughing. It's been like an ongoing thing with our friends know it too. They're just like, if anybody's talking shit, yeah, you just go poop like, your just pants. Won't, won't stop. Just yammering on about whatever terrible things going on because I'm horrible. I complain sometimes, like without, like I'll have a bad dream and I'll be like, ah, and then he just started saying, "Poop your pants," and I was like, "Dude, thank you." It just shuts me right up, like immediately. I don't know what to say. There's no comeback from it's, that. It's just pure speechlessness after that. I love but, that. <laughs> So you said there were some gaps in there. There was like a year between what was going on there. Were you, were you also like, God, I wish Matt would call me or like, uh, no, no, actually (laughs) the opposite. I was, she was fucking terrified. Yeah. The only thing I had ever said to him really was like, this is like the the story you told about the giving me the suitcase, which I still have. And I still travel with, um, that happened in 2014. And it was like August 2014 in Philly. And um, then there was the. But, but what? Huh? I guess like, sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. But, Irish uh, but then fast forward to 2015, I ended up going on tour with you guys. And I did the Atlanta shows when you guys premiered. Well, you and Orange, because Orange is based in Atlanta. Uh, you guys built the wall. 
oh, that's the most shit I ever set up. It was like that was the nine first heads wall. with forty eight speakers or something. Wow, it was so fucking goddamn uncontrollable. It was fucking rad though. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was in the room for it when they first set it up, and they kind of set it up in a way where like I, they would have already had played it at that that loudness, but to have that many playing that loud all at once was like brutal i'm not even kidding like it was brutal i i ended up drawing like while that was happening a reaper like setting a church on fire (laughs) like that's how destructive of a tone and how loud it was and it was in a room with no people in it aside from the you know people setting up and you know the the sound guys like uh trying to figure it all out and it was, what was it was enormous Chad, chief and um Lars Lars yeah and uh Lars Savage that yeah, was awesome uh, between all that like we always had a really good crew and um and we were all friends and like I like Matt was saying I kind of was just running around trying to help people out you know hey do you need this oh that's not there let me go grab it just simple stuff like that I never talked to Matt the entire time and I turned all the standbys off and I'm all this crowd's gonna get punished and I'm all I'm gonna fuck that girl <laughs> Like I, I had no idea that behind the scenes, like he was kind of approaching Damon, like who's that girl? And I, what, what was supposed to be like two days that I spent with you guys, I ended up going on the rest of that tour. We went down to New Orleans, and I ended up hanging out with you in New Orleans. And it was like it was a whirlwind. I had like no idea what then I she got, got myself st- into. Then she got stuck in Oakland and I had to go on tour. For That's a week. fast forwarding. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. Now we're fast, fast forwarding to 2016. Yeah. This is even after the laundry thing. So this is why I said like, there's so many different versions of how we met. Like, I don't know where to begin. Horse pony. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, no, then you came to Philly and we had, uh, uh, I was it. Uh, oh, I was on my way home and I just changed my ticket like right then. Nice. Dude, he, Matt is jumping like Philly. a year ahead now. <laughs> We're just going to scrap the whole, uh, I, the Philly 2015 part. We're just going to skip right to 2016. Oh, no, 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 do it. I, I no, just no, 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 no. It's work. more cut to the chase. I'm old and senile. She's still <laughs> She's young and spry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 2016 was um, the 30-year uh, anniversary of neurosis. Yeah, that's right. And that would actually conclude when we decided that, you know, the cat and mouse game was kind of over with. And we actually really cared about each other, like, more than we had expected. So... And then we kind of just lived across the country from each other. You lived in Oakland and I lived in Philly and we were just traveling back and forth and I was tattooing and just trying yeah, to. I saw her a lot because I never came off tour for yeah, like. That helped. Jeez, man. A lot. Like uh, in the last couple of years my, with my foot and all that stuff is the longest I've had off in 20 years. I mean, like I, I was on tour for so long and I'd come home momentarily but barely ever barely ever Mm -hmm. i mean one week at a time 
Yeah, you, I think the longest when we first got together in like 2017, we started living together and I would notice like two weeks he'd be home and then he'd be gone for like a month and a half and then come back for like two weeks or, you know, have some time off in between the tours between um, High on Fire and Sleep. Sometimes you would just fly directly to a, from a sleep show, even in like Europe or something, and you'd fly to High on Fire in the United States. Yeah. It was crazy. That, that, that's hard to do. do <laughs> you got to shift gears. Like, so I'd have to practice all this stuff, like basically listen to it on the plane, get there, and then practice the whole set because I'd never get a practice with the other band. Yeah, switching from high on fire to sleep, like it seems like that's two entirely different parts of your brain that you'd have to switch from. Oh, yeah. yeah if you no. don't look at it analytically, your head will blow up. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally fucked. Yeah, sometimes those two weeks would be um, like practicing too for the other tour or for If, um, if we writing. got that chance, yeah. Yeah, if you got the chance, you, you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a lot of flying between New Orleans. And when we moved up to Portland in 2017, Jeff Matz from High on Fire was still located in Oakland. So then there would be that exchange and the shark bite recording yeah. um, with sleep when the sciences came out. Yeah. You were down in Oakland for a while. Yeah, because I was living in between Oakland and New Orleans. And then uh, she came up here and I helped her move across the country. We like cruised across with our friend Tiff and then got her moved in. And then I just gave her like all this cash. I gave her like five grand and I'm like, go get a, go get a house. You had a list of specifications as to what kind of house you wanted. So ideally what I ended up doing when I first moved to Portland was uh, I got a job as a Lyft driver. And so instead of, you know, having a regular job and not having a car, Uh, I had a car that I rented from them and I would work and then I'd go look at all these rental properties that are around Portland, like in between. And I probably looked at 30, probably 30 different ones and couldn't find the one that we were looking for. And then finally we found the house that we've been in since 2017. And we, we ended up with a two car garage that we transformed into the studio that, you know, uh, we all practice in. Um, and we've actually caught some people hanging outside, like walking the, like a guy <laughs> oh, in a yeah. swan shirt, like walking his toddler, like, like two year old, like yeah, walking back the, and forth. And there's like, a bunch of listening. kids that work on this rest at this restaurant <laughs> across the street. They'll all be out there smoking and like, you know, head, we'll walk out to have a cigarette and they're like, yeah, dude, right on, man. <laughs> that's so like, awesome. Oh, they're getting a preview. Does it ever freak you out that people are aware of where you live? Kind of, uh, but it hasn't been that bad. No one's done anything weird. I think the funniest thing that's happened was we were sitting on the porch smoking cigarettes and Matt was in a, a bathrobe or something. And then this like pile of kids in this car like slammed on their brakes and then reversed and then yelled, Matt Pike, sleep. And like <laughs> then drove off. And that's pretty much yeah. the only thing. You're that like, I yes, or, I am aware that I am or, in yeah. fact the guitarist or, of that band. <laughs> or not long after I was on tour with Meshuggah with High on Fire, a maniac guy and there's cops. There's a graveyard across the street from our house and there's cops that hang out there usually at nighttime. And this guy drives up with Meshuggah blaring and, and turns on his right hazard lights. Right outside of our house. 
in front of our house and, and puts it in in park. And there's just Meshuggah blasting like <laughs> as loud as the stereo can go. And he's headbanging and screaming like a maniac. And the cops just sitting there staring at him, not doing anything. I'm all, that's great. I kind of like Portland because I like, I don't get, I, I liked Oakland for that because I wouldn't get shit either. But the, like the cops here don't do anything. That guy was wasted. I know he was. <laughs> and it was hilarious to me because I had just gotten off tour with Meshuggah. And You're like, right He's on, playing man. with Sugar right now. <laughs> so I texted Tomas from Meshuggah. I'm like, there's a guy in front of my house playing your music. He's like, you should be afraid. Like, really afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, your fans are fucking crazy, dude. That guy is out of his mind. <laughs> and and I, I, I only wonder if that was just chance. It totally was so random. Or if the guy was just like, this guy will appreciate it. I feel like Portland's full of a lot of Meshuggah fans, probably. Yeah. And a lot of drunk people. So you put those two combined. Yeah. This oh, still has like relics from like seafaring people, you know, on the, on the rivers and shit. Like the people used to get Shanghai here and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Underground. Por- Portland's kind of one of those towns. It's like awesomely lawless, but like, poli- I guess governed by its own people. I've noticed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like people who will be like, Hmm. Maybe you shouldn't do that, you know. Right. It's kind of. <laughs> the strip like, clubs here are amazing. Yeah, man. I miss the strip clubs in Portland so much. Yeah, you have to. If you visit Portland, that's like one of the first things you do. You have to go directly to the strip club. I mean, what's your favorite strip club? Uh, oddly enough, it's probably Lucky Devil or oh, Devil's yeah. Point. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the ladies who came up with Boober. Yes, or oh, they changed yeah. it. It's um, it's Lucky Devil Eats now, right? I think. Yeah, yeah I have a feeling. Got shit. I think they got a cease and desist or something. Like somebody else was called Boober somewhere else, which sucks because they were getting so, <laughs> so much lame. media attention. Yeah, well, I I can't even imagine what the other Boober was like. Well, the chicks here mm-hmm. are hotter than the other Boober girls, so or it could have been <laughs> just no a doubt. dude that delivered boob mags or something i don't know yeah a dude who delivers boob mags <laughs> i don't even know if that's a thing <laughs> or my favorite can you deliver me a butt man <laughs> you and butt man dude there's this that's mo- the best magazine ever there's an amazing photograph and i'm pretty sure that uh, am I right? Mast- it was on Mastodon's Ma- door pass. Yes. And it's like me looking all serious, like I'm reading an article and it's like a butt mag magazine. <laughs> I have like my leg crossed. I'm all casual, like being all serious. <laughs> well, you know, it was candid too. Like it you was, didn't it know was like that I was, was really happening. Like, it wasn't posed Like at reading all. the story. <laughs> <laughs> You're like reading the newspaper, but it's yeah. just butts. <laughs> so taking it back to when you guys were first like – dating and getting serious. So you were on the road all the time. And how did you establish communication and foundation for your relationship when you're apart so much? I think that both of us are the type of people that need that separation. Mm -hmm. She needs alone time. And so do I, you know, and, and uh, I have to be doing something. I have to be busy and she likes introverting and, and getting her stuff done by herself in the quiet or just with a dog you know, the mm-hmm. dog keeps her company and she's just that type of person. So it works pretty good between the two of us, you know? Yeah. I think the, the 
keeping in communication, especially like before we moved in together was, it was actually just a lot of just dropping each other a line every so often, not being like obsessive kind of just like as amazingly funny things happen. Like we just share those things with each other. Like, obviously I would get like selfies from Matt like before we were like really hanging out oh. and like it was hilarious to me. No, don't even talk the about truck the truck stop one. Oh. That was so scary. <laughs> now I feel like you have to. Uh. I shot a video in the shower of the truck stop <laughs> and it, it, it's fucking withered. It was so vile. It was like burned into my brain that one day I took about five minutes. This is like months after, by the way. It was like five minutes of time it took for me to draw the pretty much the epitome of what had happened in that truck stop video <laughs> and i was just i i sent it to him and he was like oh my god that's exactly it looked it looked exactly like it and i was like this is horrifying it's just like i wouldn't say it was on the level of goatsy but it definitely was <laughs> It was definitely not warranted at first, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, no!" I yeah. just <laughs> I had on a towel, and and like uh, you're talking too much about it. I'm gonna have and to I had see some, it in my. I had these grass flip flops that I bought because I buy everybody <laughs> in my crew all this weird shit from the truck stop. So it's it's about morale. You want your crew to have. I love my crew, right. so I, I buy them weird shit, and sometimes I buy weird shit. So I had these like grass flip-flops and a, and a truck stop towel on. And then like, I just dropped towel, you know, <laughs> I started like started buffing it up a little bit. I was like, dude, I don't want to see this right now. Cause I wasn't even like really with him yet. Yeah. I was, was like, like, no, it like, was not beyond only is this unwarranted. Pic. It's also in like the creepiest place imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of why but I that, did it. I was like, I, I'm just going to be the worst creep ever right now. But and that then, made it, awesome actually because it was really self-aware of how creepy it was so i was laughing don't get me wrong i did not think it was like a <laughs> dick pic for some random guy i was just like dude this is not what i wanted to see right oh. now but i'm kind of dying laughing at least and he really put it all out there and he's like this is who i am <laughs> and if you're gonna be with me then this is what you can expect uh, oh tell him yeah. about the first two presents that came to your house uh, the first present was, was it Damascus steel? Yeah, it's my gigantic knife. It was like 14 inches long or maybe even 16. Yeah, it was it, a 16 inch long blade of Damascus steel. Razor sharp. And it had like this whole sheath with like an, an animal tooth and like it just wrapped around like you could put it on your belt and you just look like a, the ultimate like Conan the warrior type person. It was as long as my wife's leg. It, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really short. So it's like <laughs> the length of my, my uh, thigh. Yeah. The length of my thigh pretty much. So did you ask for this gift or did it just show up like without well, a note? I, I sent it cause I bought it from kind of myself, you know, but I didn't have an address and I was going to be there. So I sent that. It's but a then the second gift. one was a gift. <laughs> the first one was a selfish gift, which yeah. is, I, I, I like those because it ended up being mine anyway, which is cool. Uh, the second one though is something even longer was about, I don't know you say like 10 feet long. Was it's about it? eight feet. Eight, by, eight. It's a gigantic 
It's an elk pelt. Hmm. Like a gigantic elk pelt. And it came in the wintertime, which couldn't have been better. In Philly, it sucks. It's so cold. Yeah. Um, and if you're kind of like punk rock living, you know, you're not spending a lot of money on heat or anything. So I will say that the moment that I opened it up and I saw that it was an elk pelt, the first thought I had was, this is going on my bed. This is amazing. <laughs> And so I actually slept underneath of the elk pelt and it kept me very warm. And I was like, wow. Oh, the cat attacked it. Like he was like freaked out. And it was all. Yeah. It was fucking tripping out on it. Scrambling all over it. It was so scared. (laughs) I wonder if it had some smell that just like really freaked it out. Oh, the elk. Probably. Yeah. What animal doesn't like another dead animal? Totally. That's so funny. It's probably defending me. It's trying to defend me from the giant elk that entered from this our house. Dead elk that has arrived in your apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's that really was awesome. Funny. I was like, I can't wait for her to get this. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave her a fourteen-inch blade and an elk pelt. I feel like you were like trying to make her your like Conan bride. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was, and that's- then. Yeah. yeah. And then the final one was like, she's like, oh, my God, you know, um, David Gilmore is playing in Pompeii. I'm all, hey, do you want to do you want to go to Pompeii with me and see David Gilmore play? And oh she just God. started crying. And then like, <laughs> I'm all, I don't speak Italian, so I'm going to give you my credit card number. <laughs> Which I had Amazing. never had anybody else's credit card number ever at that point. And I was like, dude, I don't know what he thinks he's doing right now, but it's is insane. Like. Uh, he was already going to be in Europe too because you were doing, uh, was it? That was a sleep tour. That was a sleep tour. Yeah. And you were playing with Conan. Speaking of Conan. Uh, (laughs) I love that band so much. Yeah. They're great. I love them. So, so bad. Uh, yeah, they were playing. And, um, so it was like the day after your show in London, uh, we had to fly pretty much in the morning to get to, uh, Naples and then, Went down, and by the time we got there, pretty much like a show was ready to go. And I was like freaking out because it was in the Coliseum where they did live in Pompeii all those years ago. And like, so incredible. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I do have one gripe though. Um, DB levels. It was so quiet. Oh my God. It sounded like a TV set. In, in like an amphitheater. Yeah, it was weird. I was just like kind of like, oh, man. I mean, the show was amazing. Don't get me wrong. But the, I guess, you know, they have all those rules in place. Yeah, in well, Europe. especially there. I mean, yeah. if you started playing at the volume, the like People Coliseum might hear. fall down. Yeah, that's yeah. What I was just thinking like you the know, rumbling. That's ruin yeah. everything. Still so cool. It oh, could have been amazing. a little louder. Could yeah. Have been a little. <laughs> they were being way out to you on the safe side. And I'm like, dude, it's David Gilmore. Like, what the fuck? He's okay. like, he's like a lot of treble too. Yeah. It's like, turn that bass down. Put put more David Gilmore in the PA, please. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I know. And then we ended up going to um, a bunch of different places in Southern Italy, which I had been wanting to go to and there's a Matt's a huge Charles Bronson fan. Oh yeah. Um, and so see there's see nipples this, and die. Yeah. See nipples and die. <laughs> yeah. The mechanic, the mechanic 
they have this whole awesome chase scene on the Amalfi Coast, and it's like one of the most dangerous roads that's paved. Oh, we both drove it too. It's oh, wow. so fucking crazy. It's uh, oh my god. The cliffs are like you look down, and you're like a thousand feet over the ocean. It's like crazy. Oh yeah. Jeez. Well, people drive crazy in Italy. We got in a car wreck. Right, as we were leaving. As we were leaving. The whole time we were there, we were Did that guy rear-end us, or did I rear-end him? He, no, he rear-ended us, and we were on the way to the airport. Yeah. But it lucked out. We lucked out, because what ended up happening was we had to get a connecting flight to London, and I couldn't make the one back to the U.S., so I ended up staying for two days in London and hung out with the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the crowbar? The crowbar. Oh yeah, like, in uh, yeah, in what's that neighborhood? Soho. Yeah, Steve and Richard Soho. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah, place. I've been going there for years. That, yeah. They're my buddies. Oh yeah, yeah we, I love that place. We know. we saw them and hung out for a day or two, and uh, we went to the British Museum and nerded out on like Assyrian and Sumerian Anunnaki and Anunnaki stuff. Anunnaki, which is like all of what like Matt's like super obsessed with all that stuff, and was like kind of schooling me on it. That's so, so cool. It's pretty great. Yeah. We we nerded out. Yeah, that's fucking Yeah, I could just bring like a sleeping bag and like stay there. <laughs> like I love that. <laughs> so cool. So this is like the beginning of your relationship, like this is kind of what sealed the deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like our one of our first real hangouts. Yeah. Was then, that? Yeah, I was like, "Do you want to hang out again?" Cool. <laughs> it's like, want to hang out uh, let's just go to europe for like weeks yeah. yeah it was it was crazy yeah i guess it's a good thing to to be punk rock about stuff like and save as much as you can so you can just drop everything and go to europe for a minute so at what point did you guys decide to get married and how was the tell me about the proposal situation oh matt kept saying he wanted to marry me and I was like, no, no, you don't. I was like, did you ever think that you would ever be married in your whole life? Like, because I, I personally didn't. And I was, again, being pragmatic and realistic uh, as usual. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, like you're kind of got op- you have options. You're like, and he's like, I want to marry you. And I'm like, well, I would marry you too. I'm just absolutely yeah. terrified of the prospect because yeah. it was just something I had never thought about. And yeah, other girls are other girls. I like you. Other girls can be pretty, you know, and and they're you know there's strip clubs and stuff. But I love her, so I was just like, yeah, I just want to hang out with you, you know. So. And I loved him very much. Like where I was like, I I don't know anybody else who could put up with my shit, like. And then I, I actually have curbed my, uh, my, uh, my wildness is curbed, oddly enough, like, cause there's consequences to somebody's wildness, you know? And like, when I'm 34 now, I had plenty of time to be completely like insane and wild and stuff, which is great. And like, what's cool is that I understood that Matt had that side to him as well. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't really like a judgment thing. Like how many people have you slept with? Well, I can't marry you. Oh, under that. Yeah. I can't, I can't. Yeah. That's such a dumb question. You never want to know the answer. Can't subscribe to that. Who does know the answer? That's like asking, <laughs> well, I Gene don't. Simmons is the only guy who keeps track or <laughs> <Totally>. Wilt Chamberlain. 
That's <laughs> makes a, a list. And I guarantee they have fucked way more women than me. I don't even have the time for that, you know? Yeah, right. I don't. I'm busy actually writing songs. So. Yeah, it's it's not like, oh, is he going to be able to provide for me? Are we going to have kids? Like, these aren't these questions that I ask. Like, I ask questions more like, is he really going to want to live his whole life knowing that this little crazy woman is going to be near him for for most of it? Like, Absolutely. Do I like want to subject him? <laughs> I leave when she's scorned. Yeah. <laughs> right when no, you're about to I, murder him, you you take off. No, it just we just separate for a minute, and yeah. then we. It's like I said, like both of us need time away from each other, and then we appreciate it more. And you can tell when that time starts happening and we start boiling up. It's like, yeah, I need to go talk to someone else because I'm pissing you off, and right. you know, or she's doing the same. And we love each other still, you know. It's yeah. Just, that's what married life is a little bit. It's knowing the threshold of like your like significant other is like what what like should I I need to tone it back a little bit right now because I don't need to like my anger is not towards like any of my friends and especially not Matt. And like most of my anger comes from the crazy people in the world that are making life so much harder than it needs to be totally. for everybody. And I get really frustrated about that kind of stuff. And we've been trying so hard not to like pay attention to politics shit because the, the way that it's like a, it, it, that in itself is terrorism. Yeah. I think they're roping you in and giving you a big psyop and the whole Democrat Republican, Republican thing, thing was like a WWF wrestling fucking thing. It's like, it's, it's rigged like you're all on the same side. Stop fucking lying. And you're all, all on the same fucking side. It's all for, for us, like people who are like Matt is and myself are both really empathetic and to watch a group of people act so carelessly for people who they're supposed to care about. That's the kind of stuff I get really angry about. And um, both of us will get really angry about it. I mean, most of our music is about that type of stuff, you know, not just like the anger, but like the way that society has been treated by these almighty master type people. Like there's a reason why. Well, the one percenters want us all at home. They want us to control. They want us to, they want to keep tabs on us and they want to own everything we have. And we're debt slaves and we've been that, but now it's even worse. You know, but if we, but him and I start talking about this kind of stuff, and sometimes you can get kind of extreme with like, uh, no offense, Matt, but people have tried to put tinfoil head uh, hats on you before. Yeah, and well, a conspiracy is a conspiracy. A conspiracy that is doesn't a conspiracy. make it. Yeah, that doesn't make it a theory. That makes it a bunch of people doing bad shit together. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it just gets so dark, though, that like. It is that dark, though. That's it, what sucks. <laughs> see, there you go. I'm seeing sometimes the dynamics. It gets, I understand. So, yeah. The, the, it, there's, there are levels of how we can get in an argument about just other you. people. Right. Not at each other. We're not mad at each I other. PMA. I have yeah. a positive mental attitude. It's all good. Matt's very positive, actually. As much as we like might talk about like the evil overlords that are take overtaking yeah, but that's us all. What doom is all about, right? Yes. Totally. It does yeah. make for very good songwriting fodder. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that was another thing I think I, I guess I was really attracted to is the fearlessness uh, Matt has when it comes to like addressing things like that and trying not to ignore things like that. Like, cause it, if it really does affect a lot of people, uh, whether they like it or not, some of it's more, uh, fantastic. Spurious or something. Yeah. You know? Like and- beyond our regular realm type, like thinking, you know, it's like reading a book. Like why are you going to just read like nonfiction constantly? Well, all the good ones are completely unbelievable. That's why it- they can pull it off. It's because it's unbelievable. They're all, no one would ever do that. Oh, yeah, they would. It, yeah. Look, they shut down the whole fucking Str- world. Stranger than fiction, I guess. Yeah. They yeah. shut down the whole fucking world. If you didn't think that's a pandemic and not a. Oh, know. don't stop. Oh, did you get that from YouTube? <laughs> yeah, actually, I like that. <laughs> I like that term. It's fucking real. Plandemic. I mean, it's oh a real fucking God. virus, but. Dude, what a perfect fucking way to shut down the world. Well, I got stuck with him for a while longer. You want me to get my hat? <laughs> yes. We need to go get the aluminum foil. We need to put it on your head. I love you. I'll stop talking about that. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. The metal blogs will go crazy when they hear this. Matt Pike. Oh, I know. It's just Matt's <laughs> conspiracy theory again. Blah. That's great, though. Any press is good press. I don't care if you hate me or not. At this point, they'll just be like, yeah, we know. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Matt. Yeah. Being Matt. Yeah. No, the, <laughs> I, I think um, it's 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 fun to at least look at the world in a different way than just this plain uh, like, uh, and this person said this, and then this is happening, blah. It's like, uh, you kind of got to put a little bit of fiction into it in order for it to be a little bit more engaging, I guess. Mm-hmm. People wouldn't care about it as much, Antarctica. I guess. Antarctica, aliens, Pleiadians. Uh, yeah, we just Anunnaki. watched the thing again, yeah. so. Flesh portals. Oh, my God. <laughs> LSD. DMT. Flesh portals? It's things I think of. That's all. It, it, it's I, real things that shouldn't exist. What's a flesh portal? Matt used to, Matt used to do a lot of LSD, just FYI. Oh. <laughs> I gathered. Flesh portals is like, it's like possession. Like being certain beings, and especially if you're open, if you're on DMT or LSD, there's certain DMTs, there's like beings on the other side. Certain amounts of LSD, I believe you can channel spirits from different places and different dimensions through you, especially when there's sex involved into this world. Sex magic. Sex magic. That is in a weird a way. And I've we've experienced that together. It is fucking bizarro. What did you what did you experience? Well you get like a weird channel of I don't know. It's so like, hard to explain. Like you feel like you're not you. Yeah, uh, shift. It's it's an ego death, and yeah, there's shape shifting involved, which is insane. Like I, so the psychedelic experience can be chalked up to like, oh, your brain's firing off all this stuff that you would see in your dreams or whatever. But I mean, or is it really it's, just uh, activating a different part of your brain that actually has access to a different? place a different frequency we don't know because yeah, nobody everything's on a different frequency it's like radio waves radio waves go through your head all day mm-hmm. you can hear them when you hook them up to an electronic you know that makes a speaker flex but those things are there whether you can hear it or not mm-hmm. you know? yeah they, i, I same guess thing with the tv same thing with 
all of it. Uh, yeah. There's just aspects to all of it where like your brain hasn't been, the brain hasn't been studied enough on psychedelics to really understand what it really does. Yeah. And I guess the flesh portal concept is like a, allowing these outside forces. I don't really know. I can't explain it. It's like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But like the shape shifting thing is like almost like fourth dimensional where you look at something that's like a prism, but it's not like a prism of light. It's like, or it is a prism of light. Where you turn into like it, it's a people. prism. Yeah. A prism of like beings or p- prism yeah, of, or, of or like reptilian people. And my, <laughs> uh, dude, my friend, I I'm not going to name her, but um, my friend and her dude did it together. And she's all, did you turn into cats? And I was all, we totally turned into cats. Wow. We did. So why? It's two different couples. We didn't even talk about this prehand. This is after. And I'm all, how did you know we turned into cats? She's all, because we turned into cats. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. So there's something to that. I mean, I'm not saying it means anything, really. And and people can go, oh, oh you know, I think Matt Pike's crazy or whatever. I am fucking crazy, <laughs> but I know certain things are, are real. They're real. Totally. They're real That's to awesome. us. They're, at it's least. a coincidence. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Even, Whatever. Whether they're real or not, it's not hurting anybody that you have these opinions. So. No, because it gives it. me good lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Really it gives good me lyrics. good lyrics. I don't really give a fuck. Thoughts, so I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> so tell me about your wedding. Uh, oh my god uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, fucking mania <laughs> it, came, it came together really uh unexpectedly we psycho were las vegas well matt just put the feelers out to the guys at psycho las vegas um and they he was like oh well you know where's a good place for us to do this and they're like well leave it up to us and we were like what and at first we were like i don't know what we can what's going on with this. And then all of a sudden it just became this really cool. Like they got us a penthouse and they like, they got, well, yeah, they had like two penthouse. And then there was the chapel, the chapel. uh, They set us up with that and they were like kind enough to let us have our own. Um, oh, they, they made a, a cake. They set up, um, my dad was partying with all my crazy friends. My mom, Um, Oh, yeah. dude, he was battering. Yeah. <laughs> there was and my, a- my stepmom, she's so, they were awesome. Yeah. And my mom was like kind of hiding in the corner because she's like, I'm an introvert. She's like an ultra introvert. Uh, it's like she was hiding in the corner because all these crazy people were in there. And like, it, it, this is like a really fun because we were, a lot of us were already going to be in that area at the same time. And I guess the only unfortunate thing was that there's so many people that we knew that were on tour at that time. That yeah. We so couldn't... everybody that I, we know from other bands or whatever, if you were in one of the bands that we knew, you just come up. That's true. And we yeah. had these little pins that we gave everybody who's allowed. Cool. So. Yeah. There was friends of ours who were kind of in charge of making sure that like, uh, photographers and like weddings, yeah, wedding crashers weren't coming up. There was actually a lot more. I was unaware of it at all. Like they did such a great job of, you know, deflecting like random people from just trying to get upstairs. There was a couple people who like tried to get into the actual wedding and they were like, uh, such and such person. And I was like in 
like getting dressed and everything. And I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's like before it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, which is like on, on Saturday, which is really early for psycho Las Vegas. So yeah, <laughs> it seems so wild to me, like regardless of who your favorite musician is or whatever, it seems so wild to me to think that it would be okay to crash someone's wedding. You know, like what are you going to get out of that? <laughs> just to say, um, just have a, like, a cool well, story. Well, if it was Bill Murray, I'd totally let it happen. <laughs> yeah, we were cool with Bill Murray. It was fine. <laughs> Apparently he does stuff like that. That's because he rules. Yeah, I I don't really know. I mean, we're, we're really good about, um, especially at Psycho Las Vegas, we're really awesome about, you know, when people walk up to Matt or they were doing it to me when I joined Lord Dying. They were like, yeah, Lord Dying. And I was like, whoa. And then Hell Matt yeah. was like, dude, they're doing it to you now. And I was like, that's awesome. That's so uh, cool. But, yeah. The uh, only time I don't like it is if I'm gambling, which I, I gamble a lot and uh, people walk up and fuck up my hand. I'm like, dude, if I lose my hand, you're going to lose your hand. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be around later. Yeah, just wait leave till me I'm just like walking and not concentrating on something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're losing money for me right now, dude. Stop. Yeah. We've been really appreciative of people who like are really stoked to like, they say hey and then they kind of like hang out for a minute. If they're really rad people, we'll end up actually befriending them and stuff. It's cool. It's not like an egotist like get away from me no, i'm actually right. friends with a lot of my fans yeah I, I end up being friends you know not like i go over to her house and spend the night but like you know you make friends with people along the way yeah it's a great journey life's a great journey when you travel like that totally you know and in the community of the music that you play there are so many wonderful people that oh, are yeah, just like die smart. hard fans well, not all of them are yeah. smart, but lots of them are really intelligent. <laughs> Just like in any genre of music, not all of them are smart. Lots of them could drink the bar dry and punish everybody. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones, those are the front line. My medical man, oh, you do this. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just realized we haven't talked about your, your foot situation. So it seemed like when you were going through that, you took care of him like through that entire thing. Yes. What was that like going through all that? Was that like a year ago? Uh, yeah, it was, um, it happened on the, we went, you, you went to the ER on the first, was it the second or the first or the third? It was like oh, January, January of last year. Yeah. And this was after he was like doing these shows and he was fine. And, yeah, I went um, he went to a bathhouse to kind of just, you know, Do a get loose. Steam and, and like be healthy and like make myself feel better. I was, I was doing three shows in a row with sleep and uh, I went to this place and they gave me flip flops and I, I can't wear flip flops. They, I, I, they just don't do on my feet and I can't feel certain parts of my feet. And, uh, the flip-flops kept falling off. I skinned my toe or did something, and I broke open, like, a little sore, and it got infected with um, E. coli and strep, and it went into a toe that I had broke, wow. and it had a pocket under it. So it was the perfect recipe at the perfect time to fuck my whole life up because I had tours coming up, and it, dude, it just was so fucking bad. So bad. Yeah. and. And we, we ended up, we ended up having to go to the, 
emergency room after he went to his regular doctor who did the uh, first toe amputation and she had already had x-rays and everything like that. And so this was a nice comment on the healthcare system. We go to the ER and we tell the doctors, we already have x-rays. Please don't, you know, charge for x-rays. We don't need them. We have them right here. And, um, I was in touch with the doctor and she had, uh, emailed those x-rays and I was like, we specifically came here to get an uh, MRI to see how bad this really is. And, uh, because if you have a bone infection, that is the when worst. That's when you start getting amputations. Totally. And, uh, this, Luckily was a issue that like I, I was just constantly right there on the doctors because I know they're stressed out and they forget things sometimes, but you have to remind them like, Hey, you were supposed to get this shot with this antibiotic, you know, we're supposed to have this. So we were there for like 20 hours trying to basically like get the correct help that we needed God. for him. And yeah, the doctor took my bandage off. And then handed it to me in my hand. Yeah, they were really stressed. He's all here. Yeah, they, they were really stressed out, and so it was like super important for us to just make sure that we were on it, mm-hmm. and we knew that it was really important because this was like determining whether or not he could go on tour. If this was something small, it was one thing, but if it was something big, then it was a no go. Yeah, and they were threatening to like amputate his foot at that time, and we were like. Absolutely not. And so I guess the, to answer your question a little bit more clearly, the care that needed to take place was they had, you know, enforced wound care, which is daily and majority of people wouldn't have been able to, uh, they would have to go every day to the hospital to get wound care done. And it would have just killed our bills. Like it would have been so bad. Her, her, her being used to like doing the tattoo thing. I mean, she, she did my foot perfect every day, probably better than the nurses would have done. She like killed it. So yeah. Yeah. I was until I could do it myself, but it was so bad. I couldn't even reach my foot. You know, I was on a lot of drugs and yeah. I mean, the, the, it was just like, it was, it was gnarly. I will say that. I mean, the doctors themselves were like, okay, are you going to be capable of doing this? You have to do this. And it involved a lot of sterile conditions and all this. Um, I mean, I had to pack the wound is basically what I yeah, did. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look that up, I don't suggest you do because it's <laughs> really gnarly. Uh, well, we've all seen the wounds. picture of Matt's toe so we can handle it. <laughs> Yeah, that was part of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was nothing. That thing was bothering me anyways. Good riddance. Yeah, he's stoked that it's gone. He's not <laughs> mad about it. So, but yeah, I guess like it was pretty trying to have to kind of do everything all the time because he wasn't allowed to drive and, you know, wasn't really allowed to I, I got to take and- the stroller thing, though, in the store. Yeah, it yeah, was, that it was, was awesome. cool. The rascal, yeah, riding the rascal around was great. I kept like, <laughs> I kept ramming into all the stands and and like surprising her and ramming her ass. You were doing laps <laughs> around the cheese. Yeah, I have video of him doing laps around the cheese. It, it got fun after that. I'm like, I'm not going to be depressed. I'm on so many drugs. I should just be happy all the time. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many fans saw you in the store riding this thing around, and uh, I think a couple. Really? I'm sure they. Yeah. Yeah. Once in a while at the grocery store, I, I yeah I, I get a rock recognized. <laughs> That's so funny. 
Well, I'm glad that you were able to have some fun with your <laughs> terrible situation that you were dealt. It got us ready for quarantine. Yeah. No, I, I, I had planned on being quarantined for my teeth and, um, you know, stuff anyway. So I, yeah. I, I, I lucked out and, you know, I, I had saved some money for being off for a few months and it's better than the situation we had with the foot. Definitely. Yeah, Cause I wasn't prepared like, for that. And we I had to go on tour. I was like, dude, I got to go on tours any way I can. And I had to cancel the high on fire ones and I could do the sleep ones right around then. And it totally fucked everything up because, you know, that just created anger within the two camps. And, and, you know, I felt really bad about it. I didn't know what to do. But I mean, I I had to go do what I had to do to make money to pay for this shit. And the fact that they told me I can't do, you know, and that it fell exactly on the dates that High on Fire had was just I it it was bullshit. It was like I was God's punching bag that day. I was just like, dude, what a perfect storm. You couldn't make a fucking more fucked up time and a fucked up thing happen to me. So, you know. I just tried to roll with the punches and keep a positive attitude. And, and, you know, I, I definitely pissed some people off and got in trouble a little bit, but it wasn't really my fault. You know, it's just something that happened to people, you know, and it wasn't fair, but it, there's nothing I could do. My hands were tied. Yeah. Yeah. Illness is definitely comes in the most shocking of ways. So it was like, we're going to do the best that we can with what we have. And that's, that's it. That's why I said it made us ready for quarantine. Mm -hmm. Cause like we got used to being around each other so much and taking care of one another and making sure we weren't driving each other completely insane. Totally. Yeah. 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 Well, to wrap this up, I want to ask you what advice you have for people for making a marriage. Awesome. Get an El Camino from 1970. <laughs> it says 78. 78. I was trying for like anywhere from 67 to, or, you know, like 67 <laughs> to 70. And I ended up with that one, but it, like I, I popped the hood and it was so ridiculous. And then I blew that motor up and put a new one in it. And now it's a 400 small block. It's a 408 awesome. with um, a 700 transmission. And I got and- I got the whole race package. It is so fucking fast now. It's like dangerous. I want to ride in your El Camino. That sounds sick as hell. (laughs) I can be going 60 and drop a gear going like 60 miles an hour and burn the tires off it going like 60. (laughs) It will do like probably like 170. I'll bet you. This is it's the, fucking insane. This is the foundation of our marriage is driving the El Camino really, really fast. And a fast. dog with a blue eye. And a dog with... He's got David Bowie eyes. With David Bowie eyes. I don't know. I, I, I'm really bad at giving other people marriage advice because yeah. we're like really you take your weird time. people. The only that- thing when you get together, just understand <laughs> that if you're going to live in a house with someone, you got to have time away from each other and you got to yeah. allow the other person to have their space, mm-hmm. you know, to do whatever they want. If you love someone, no matter what they want to go do or need to do, they're, they have security. You're at home. You're, you're here for them, you know? And if you need to take your time, don't take it out on them. Just take your time and explain to them, you know, and we go through that all the time. And that's probably been the biggest, biggest fights we've had are just, we needed to take time away from each other, Mm -hmm. you know? So we've learned to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. Just learning, learning other, your, your partner's threshold is a really 
really important thing because it's not only like you like you just don't want to maybe you want to push their buttons you probably shouldn't that's probably the best thing it's like stop pushing the person that you love's buttons i guess because like it might be fun to think that you're winning but you're like losing so bad in the end of it like really like there's no there's no reason for that Mm -hmm. so yeah there's it's like you married that person because you love them right yeah (laughs) i married you for your hot ass i married you for your hot ass (laughs) perfect i I married you for your butt crack actually (laughs) a crack that kills with the bird flying out of it yeah i love that serious face when he said that he's like yes Yes, you did. <laughs> she <Shit> knows. <laughs> shit, shit, swooping in low, <laughs> shitting on people. Oh yeah, and watch Trailer Park Boys. That's right. That's the other thing. I'll make a marriage great. Is yeah. watch Trailer Park Boys. Anytime <laughs> you need to laugh together. And, and, and tiny guitar. I got her this travel guitar. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So many people were calling that a ukulele in the articles they're writing no, about, not, and it's like that's it's not a ukulele. It has six strings on it. S- Six string. Dude, it punishes. Every guitar player that touches that thing, like, either goes out and gets one or totally wants to steal it. It's, like, so <laughs> magical. That's so funny. <laughs> are you going to play that in your uh, the project that you guys are doing with Brent Hines? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He likes tiny guitar, too. He was, like, sitting there all day with it, <laughs> you know. That dude's a walking guitar lesson. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I can't. I cannot wait for whatever it is you guys have cooking. Yeah, well, it was supposed to ramp up here, and it's going a little slow now just because yeah. of quarantine. We can't really fly around that much. Yeah, because I planned on going yeah. back there after like like this next sleep tour or something, and and hanging out and you know sitting down because we got some stuff done, but it wasn't a major a lot. But there's definitely all these. There's like two hours worth of ideas. It's just putting them all together, you know, mm-hmm. and feeling each other out and, you know, having different, cause we're, we kind of want to make it so we can have different people, like different bass players, different drummers, different singers, different people playing tambourine, like what, <laughs> whatever. You know, like things. some sax guys. Oh, what's that dude doing over there? He's choking a goose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Amazing. I can't wait. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing all that with me. It was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. you, Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's nice to see you too. This episode of Hot Blooded was hosted, written, and produced by me, Kat Jones. It was edited by Evan Dulaney, and the theme song was written by Jordan Olds. The logo was made by Corey Largent, who goes by Insane Clam Pasta on Instagram, and additional graphics were made by Jonathan Amaya. Thank you so much to everyone who subscribed on Patreon, but especially those who subscribe to the Lover tier, Janet Talenko-Davis, Mark Bassett, Rob Menzer, Ryan Carty, Ronnie Rodriguez, and the band Drug Salad. If you love this podcast and want me to make more, Patreon is definitely the best way to help out. Um, It helps keep my sanity as I do this entirely outside of my full-time job. But more importantly, it helps pay for editing, the fees, equipment, and other stuff I need to keep the project running. You can find it at patreon.com slash hotbloodedpodcast. 
And if you just want to send me a one-time just tip or whatever and don't want to subscribe to anything, you can also cash at me anytime at Hot-Blooded Podcast. If you want to learn more, you can head to hotbloodedpodcast.com. And if you have any comments, concerns, love letters, hate mail, whatever, you can send it to me at hotbloodedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everyone. And I will see you next week. And in the meantime, go sit on your porch or your stoop or whatever you got. Smile at strangers and I don't know, blast the new Brant Bjork record. It'll make you feel better. I promise. See you later.